If you're in sales, this one simple tactic can actually open more opportunities than you could ever imagine. And in this week's episode of the Sales Playbook Podcast, we're going to go there. My name is Paul Castain from Castain Training Systems, and I'm the author of the YourSalesPlaybook.com blog and your host for the Sales Playbook Podcast. I've personally trained over 50,000 sales reps, sales leaders, and business owners to sell more. So get your playbooks ready, because school is now in session. This week's episode of the Sales Playbook Podcast is brought to you by our upcoming course, Secrets of the World's Top Sales Performers. I'm going to be talking about it at the end of the podcast. And of course, if you happen to be impatient like I am, and you'd like to see what this is all about right now, feel free to visit YourSalesPlaybook.com slash best practices. Also, before we begin, one last thing. If you uh, enjoy these podcasts and you'd like to get more stuff like this, and certainly if you'd like to subscribe to our free sales tips, please visit YourSalesPlaybook.com slash subscribe. So let's get right down to business. Today's topic is all about this one simple tactic that you can do that'll open just, you know, a ton of sales opportunities for you. And I think right now coming up on uh, year end, I mean, where the hell did this year go? I was hanging out with a couple of my cigar buddies the other day, smoking some fine cigars, enjoying some bourbon. And, you know, we we're all just like, where the hell did the year go? I mean, here we are. We're already pretty much at the end of September. And uh, you're going to be coming up on that final quarter of 2022. It's just, uh, wow, just really kind of flew by. But I think the timing of this sales tip certainly can help you because I think right about now, you know, a few extra opportunities, um, whether we can close them before year end or at least uh, sandbag a few for (laughs) 2023 wouldn't be a bad thing. So here's what I've learned. And it's very interesting because in my time with a lot of uh, top sales performers, I really made notes and flagged things, just kind of like a bulleted item. You know, in other words, you know, top sales performers seem to do this. And I just did a bunch of them over the years and then got into the detail of how they did that. So today we're going to talk a little bit about something that the minute you hear the topic, you might give me an eye roll. And for some reason, I think a lot of sales reps know they should be doing this. But they just, I don't know, they just like, they don't have an interest in it or whatever. But what I want to talk about is this one thing that you can do that is actually going to get you referrals and more referrals than you could ever imagine. Okay. So one of the things that I noticed with top performers, you ready for this? Oh, well, actually, first, let me tell you what the common philosophy is about referrals. Most sales reps that I've met and I've trained and I've worked with, most of them, you know, they have this philosophy about referrals is that you have to wait until you've earned them, right? I mean, you know, 
most of us would probably nod our head and say, yeah, well, that makes sense. You got to earn the referral. Most top sales performers would cry bullshit on this one. And here's why. They actually ask everyone. Let me say that again. Top sales performers ask everyone for referrals. And by the way, not not just their clients. I mean, they don't wait until they've earned it. They're, they're not, you know, they're certainly not just limiting their ability to ask for referrals to clients. So I actually have several examples of, you know, how this is done and with whom this is done. And I'm actually going to share that during the course that we have coming up on October 3rd, um, the secrets of the world's top sales reps. But I'm going to give you one because I don't want to just give you this idea that, you know, and I have to say this, my biggest thing with some of the other people out there dispensing sales advice it's that it's very general and it's very philosophical in many cases. Um, I'm a really big believer in, okay, give me the philosophy. Give me, you know, a generalized thing if you wish. But now how about we roll up our sleeves and you show me how to do it, sales expert, right? So that's, uh, that's what I want to do today. I want to get into one example of how you could ask someone who's not even a client to give you a referral. So what I'm going to do as an example is I'm going to give you a few easy steps on how you can do it with people who have never done business with you and right from your LinkedIn network. So here's what you do. Number one, you should reach out In fact, I'm a big believer in reaching out to at least three people a week. Um, You know, if you were my coaching client, I hold them to a very different standard than I hold everybody here on the podcast. Uh, I tell them that they should be actually doing, you know, trying to approach five people a week because, you know, we all know the law of averages and numbers and stuff. Not everyone is going to jump on a call with you. So what you're going to do, reach out to three to five people a week from your LinkedIn network, and you're going to send them an email right through LinkedIn. They call them in-mails over there. And you're basically going to say something along the lines of, you know, we've been connected now for, you know, little while anyway, and I'm embarrassed that I have never reached out to you before to get to know you better. By the way, that there's a little psychology there with that whole embarrassed thing. So right away, it's more like like you're you're going to somebody hat in hand like, man, I effed up here. Like, you know, where, where the hell are my manners? Forgive me here, right? So it kind of, you know, takes that whole flavor of a sales pitch out of the equation because I think we'd all agree there's just too many of those, uh, you know, those sales pitches over on LinkedIn. So right away, you want to have them lower their guard. And by saying that, you know, I'm embarrassed that I, I haven't reached out to you before. And then, you know, you say something along the lines of, you know, what do you say we change that? I'd love to get on a quick call with you. And then in parentheses, put not a sales pitch. You know, I promise. 
to simply get to know you better. And then, you know, like when you cold call, you kind of give people two different scheduling options. What I do, whether I'm cold calling or I'm using this approach with uh, trying to get, you know, someone to jump on a call with me, I'll give them two scheduling options. And the first scheduling option is always, and it's a nice, easy way to remember it, right? Earlier in the week, earlier in the day. So I might say, how's your schedule for either Tuesday morning at say 9.15 a.m. or, and then I give a later in the week, later in the day option, right? It's just an easy thing to remember, you know, or perhaps Thursday at 3.30 p.m., all right? So I give them two scheduling options. You reach out to them with that letter. Now, you jump on a call to get them, get to know them better. Now, one thing you're gonna see me emphasizing over and over again to the point of beating the shit out of this is that this is not a sales pitch this is not aha i trick you you stupid ass here's a sales pitch no that is going to completely defeat the purpose and the mission of this call the mission of this call is not only to get a damn referral out of them but for them to see you as somebody that you know what this person's all right you know i i you know we might be able to work together somehow All right, so the next thing, what you're going to do, when you're going into this call, by the way, I would treat it like any other meeting that you have and do your homework, do some prep, look at the damn profile and look at where they've been, what they do, you know, get onto the interwebs, as they would say, do a little research, do your effing homework here, treat it seriously. I mean, I would. And then when you get on the call with them, you ready for this? Most people never do this when it comes to networking. Most people, when it's a networking situation, they're fighting with the other person to get a word in edgewise to give their elevator speech and talk about what they do. And me, 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 me. You're fighting to get a word in edgewise. So the advice I always give people when you're networking, whether it be traditional, right, or on something like LinkedIn is make them the star of the show. There is no competition here. I don't give a shit if I barely get a chance to tell them what I do. And when you see the formula I have, you will get a chance to tell them what you do. But for now, there is no competition fighting to get a word in edgewise because you see, that's not a, that's not a conversation when you do that kind of stuff right? That's just irritating. That's one uppery. And we don't want to do that. So we want the guard to come down, make them the star of the call. So show genuine interest in them and, you know, ask questions and ask good follow-up questions and just genuinely get to know them. And you guys know the old saying, right? The secret to being a great conversationalist is really getting them to do the talking. So I want you to think about that. Now, Here's where the magic begins because they're relaxed. They see you as a person who actually, they're actually going to (laughs) see, this is hysterical. They're going to see you as a great conversationalist. And meanwhile, you hardly said a word. They've been doing all the talking. That's okay, right? That's okay. We can handle it. But at the end of the call, you ready for the magic? You're going to once again make them the star, but you're actually setting yourself up to get a referral. You're going to ask them, who an ideal person for them to network would be and that you know you might be able to possibly introduce them to 
So, you know, here I am. Let's just say I'm on the phone with um, Elizabeth. And at the end of the call, I'm going to say something like, you know, Elizabeth, needless to say, I, I have a lot of these calls. I'm on, you know, I constantly, you know, have conversations with my network who maybe you could tell me about an ideal person who that would be that you would like to network with and I don't know no promises but maybe I could introduce you to someone that can help you or whatever and again I listen and maybe I ask follow-up questions to really show them that I am listening to you I am hearing you I give a shit about you right and then when they get done with that you ready what I do is now now it's actually your turn let's talk about you never mind what I do this is about you now it's your turn to tell them who your ideal person would be. So, and it doesn't end there because there's actually a really cool thing that I do that has actually helped me to double and triple the amount of referrals that I get. I'm not kidding you. There's actually something that I do that has allowed me to double and triple the amount of referrals that I get. So after they've told me who their ideal person is, the conversation naturally segues into me saying, and by the way, uh, you know, here's someone that I might like that, that would be ideal for me. Now, what you should do in that case is kind of, you know, describe your ideal type of prospect, right? And, you know, mention that to him. But Here's where additional magic comes in that you can double and triple the amount of your referrals. You're going to ask the following question. Now, this is the part of the podcast that if you're driving, you seriously have to pull over and write this down. I'm not kidding you. This is going to cost you money if you don't. So, like, I almost want to sit here and wait until, like, as if I'm watching you. Pull the effing car over, dude. We got to, we, we, you got to write this the hell down. What you're going to do after you tell them who this ideal person is for you to meet and what your ideal prospect looks like, you're going to ask a question. You ready? Who do you know that might fall into this category? Who do you know that might fall into this category? You see, because if you don't, it just leaves it open-ended and they just, you know, they, they're just listening to you. They're in read-only mode. You want to get them to take action and actually give you Referrals, but it doesn't end there. There's this one final part that works. Oh my gosh, man. It is incredible magic. What you do at the very end is you ask that question Who do you know that might fit this category? Now you help jog their memory because you see, they aren't sitting there at this point of the conversation thinking about who can I recommend to Paul? Paul seems like, Who can I recommend? They're not. Even when I ask them, you know, who do you know that might fit this category? A lot of the time when I would just ask the question that way, they would draw a blank because they're not thinking about it. They don't have referrals for Paul Castain on the brain in that moment. And you know what? The people you're networking with don't either, like not just for me, but for you. So you got to help jog their memory. The brain loves threes. Let me say that again. The brain loves threes. It can process them beautifully it is the ideal number to establish a pattern the brain loves patterns it loves categorizing in patterns it's science look at the hell up so what you do is to help jog their memory after you say who do you know 
that might fall into this category, you're going to jog their memory. Give them three categories of people that would fall into, you know, someone that might be able to buy your product or service. You might say something like, who do you know that might fall into this category? category maybe you know family friends co-workers and kind of do that up talking thing to imply that an effing question is being asked if you don't know what up talking is you are to report to the principal's office and watch that episode of seinfeld when there was the up talker all right or just look it up on uh, youtubes or anywhere else on the interwebs so what you're going to do is give them three categories family friends co-workers or you could say something like you know perhaps your boss someone from your linkedin network perhaps customers see a little up talking action from your uncle paul and the last step here is and this is so critical is that after the call try your best to facilitate intros for them And, you know, it's very interesting. One of the things I learned, especially when it comes to uh, referrals, give to get. I don't mean keep a scorecard up, up, up. You know, Elizabeth, I gave you uh, a referral. Where's, Where's mine? Now, I don't mean like that, but it's very interesting because when you are um, giving things to people, one of the laws of influence comes in. There's six laws of influence, by the way. Um, and the law of reciprocity kicks in. And I always talk about this. You know, we, we're exposed to the law of reciprocity quite a bit. Um, a couple of examples. You walk into a store. Somebody holds the door for you, the outer door. What do you do? Unless you're a piece of shit. You go and you open the inner door for them. Um, a lot of the time, back in the day when we go to the malls, you ever like go past like the food courts and you got someone with the little toothpicks with food on it or whatever. And, you know, they hand it to you and you kind of, ah, maybe I should buy something. One other thing with the law of reciprocity I want to throw in there just to beat up a dead horse. Um, you know, by now you guys should know that I just love cigars. Uh, the place that has become my home now, Cigar Lounge out in uh, Babylon, um, it was kind of the law of reciprocity that hooked me because I went in there. The guy noticed I wasn't a regular customer and he said, just basically, yes, are you new here? And I said, yeah. And uh, he introduced himself. I'll never forget it. You know, he said, my name is Danny. Shook my hand. My name is Paul. And he goes, well, Paul, since it's your first time here, I have a free cigar for you. So in addition to the cigars I was buying, he handed me a free cigar. So, you know, when it came to buy more cigars, I was like, you know, that nice guy gave me a cigar. Like, you know, I kind of own something here. I want to go there. And then I just kept going there. So that's kind of how the law of reciprocity works. So if I'm getting you referrals, it's kind of encouraging you to get me referrals because you know, deep down, this is how it works. I give you something. All right, Paul's on the level, man. You know, I kind of, you know, I really should do that. Or like, you know, and I'm sorry, here I am beating up this point of reciprocity, but I just think it's so powerful. I mean, you're out with your friends and I go and I buy a round of drinks. Then you know how it just kind of informally becomes, all right, I'll get the next round and the next person, I'll get the next round. And you keep doing that until somebody passes out or throws up or whatever, right? Gets in a good bar fight, right? I mean, all kinds of fun kind of uh, shenanigans can can happen. So let's recap very, very quickly. Step number one, you want to reach out 
to people in your network, ideally every week, three to five. And uh, you want to do that because not everybody is going to answer you, Um, which I think is a huge mistake, by the way. If you're one of those people on LinkedIn that doesn't answer people until you need something, um, and I'm going to be brutal right now, aside from me thinking that you're a bit of a piece of shit, because I just think that's a shitty thing to do to someone in your network, by the way, right? The whole point is we're supposed to be helping each other. Um, I think that you are shooting yourself in the foot because sooner or later you're going to need your network and now all of a sudden you're going to show interest in people that you've ignored the whole time or whatever. So you want to reach out to you know a good three to five people each and every week to jump on a call. When you get on the call, it isn't a sales pitch. You're going to make them the star of the call. You're going to show genuine interest. You're going to ask questions. Again, this isn't a sales pitch. At the end, you're going to ask them who the ideal person is for them to network with and you know that you might, no promises, might be able to introduce them to. Then it's your turn. Tell them someone that's ideal for you to be introduced to. You're going to ask them the following question. Who do you know that might fall into this category? You don't leave it off, which is you telling them who the ideal person is. You want to now, you know, get a dialogue, you know, centered around people they can introduce you to. Who do you know that might follow, you know, fall into this category? You're going to jog their memory by giving them three categories of people, you know, family, friends, uh, uh, co-workers or perhaps your boss your LinkedIn network customers that type of thing step number seven here is critical because you want to make sure after they've told you you don't want to just go and do an empty effing gesture by saying yeah who do you know you don't like those empty gestures like yeah stop in any time or whatever do you need help or whatever no well yeah I wasn't gonna anyway it just sounds like if there's anything you need right an empty gesture and if anybody watching just curb your enthusiasm you got the inside joke there because they, they're always talking about the empty gesture um you really want to introduce them to other people take on the role of matchmaker and you're really working the law of you know one of the laws of influence here specifically reciprocity because people have this need to reciprocate And the people who do are the people you want in your life anyway. Seriously. Those are the people that you want to be investing in because, you know, they're, they're, you know, hardcore networkers like you. And that's basically it. So let me tell you again, top sales performers, they ask everyone for referrals. I have several other examples of how and, you know, more specifically who they're asking referrals, right? Asking for referrals. And uh, if you found value in this episode, we'll get back to that whole thing about top performers in a minute. Please forward this to your sales team. Give me a referral. Seriously, it'll cost you nothing to forward this along. Other people should be benefiting from the free sales tips that I offer here. Um, Now, if you found value in this, the other thing that you can do is, why don't you at least stop by the following uh, link that I'm going to give you right now and learn about the secrets of Top Sales Reps course that we have coming up. It starts on October 3rd. And I'm telling you, there is some great 
ideas in here. And I can say that. I usually won't say oh, my course coming up is a great course, but there's some great ideas. And the reason why I could say that is because this isn't a matter of me, you know, not being modest. These these aren't my ideas. This is what I've learned from working with, you know, a lot of number one reps and a lot of people, you know, in the top five and the top 10 and people along the way that I learned from that just they've cracked the code. Why should we sit here and reinvent the wheel when we can learn from them? So what I'd like for you to do is to visit YourSalesPlaybook.com slash best practices. Now, that's all one word, all lowercase letters. YourSalesPlaybook.com slash best practices. With that, I'm Paul Castain from YourSalesPlaybook.com. I am wishing you an incredible week ahead. Go get them. The Sales Playbook Podcast is a Castane Training Systems production. To subscribe to our free sales tips, simply visit yoursalesplaybook.com slash subscribe.